0: This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Mirsham. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them.
1: You are listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio, I'm Bo, and I'm John David. JD, hey Bo, good afternoon, man man good morning
0: to you too sir <laughs> it is <laughs>
1: <It's> morning <laughs> oh no man dude it just shows you where my mind is yeah it's friday morning actually we're recording it at is a, at you know we've we've mixed it up once we're mixing it up temporarily for this week and uh yeah i've lost my mind dude <laughs> you know
0: this is the beautiful thing i mean on occasion we like to pull back the curtain and let people know kind of how the sausage is made for better or for worse but you know we're, we're very transparent here. we really Country are Square yeah I'm, I'm proud of that i
1: want to be you know i want people to know us you know they, they no, absolutely. Well, one of my one of my things with my closest friends is that I'm going to give them the chance to accept me or reject me for who I right. really am. And so, you know, <laughs> exactly so here right. here it is: take it or leave it. And and for some reason, we have a few people that stick around. So
0: <laughs> take us as we are. Take our show. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's exactly right, Matt. But uh, <laughs> we are we are here recording, and it is a relatively beautiful day here in Houston, which has been kind yeah. of interesting because obviously with all the um, the hammering on the coast of uh, of tropical storms and hurricanes and the like it's uh, it's been a plethora of rain. A lot of people have been kind of checking in, seeing how we were doing. Most yeah. of that was down at Corpus Christi. And, I thought and that was maybe a little directly. south of you guys. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay, but you good. know, I think what it is is you know you you grew up here. I live here now. I think a lot of people they hear Texas and they they forget just how big Texas is. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, <laughs> but I and I do appreciate the the thoughts of concern and everything. But we are all good down here. That's in, great. Uh, in Houston anyway. That's uh, great. Man, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, do doing okay. You know, it's um it has just been such an interesting year. I mean, you know, obviously we can all say that. But mm-hmm. um yeah, this this year particularly, I mean, it has been it has been really wild. Business is just so different than it than it always is. We're having uh, a lot of sales and it's followed by some slow times and it's just truly really hard to predict, even more than, than usual, I'd say. So yeah, I mean, just trying to keep it on the rails and uh and, and doing good. We're uh, getting to, you know, see some folks and catching up with some friends that as they have time to stop by and, uh, you know, wear masks and all that stuff. And yeah, it's just, it's a crazy season, but we're, uh, yeah, we're doing okay. Doing okay. <laughs> Making it work. Making it, it work. work, baby. Making it work. Yeah. Slinging a lot of pipe tobacco. It's, uh, it's really something, uh, I think, you know, with all this, uh, folks have, uh, just said, you know what, if I, if I can't go to my favorite, you know, watering hole or, you know, all the restaurants are closed or, you know, I, it's hard to go on a trip right now, that kind of thing. The least I can do is smoke my pipe, and uh, man, people are people are pounding it. <laughs> they really are. So yeah, it's uh it's kind of exciting. You know, it's been. Uh, you know at least good to be a part of a community that really supports each other and and that kind of thing so and I love seeing what people are doing um, you know in all the forums and everything how they uh, you know stay connected so uh, pretty cool
0: yeah that's exactly right and you know what with something that we we want to hear from you guys uh, you know we've mentioned in the course if you've got a, uh, a local pipe shop that is uh, just killing it right now coming up with uh, unique ways to connect with the local pipe community or even like with your, uh, your your local pipe community how are y'all staying connected we want to hear from y'all so that we can really highlight some clubs, some shops, and some communities around the country, and and you know to share best practices, of course, but again, also to highlight like you all as well. So uh, right into the show, show at countrysquireradio dot uh, We'll be putting together. We've got uh, some great stories already, but we're we're looking forward to highlighting uh, some of these stories as as part of this. Uh, yeah, just a just a way to really you know highlight some folks. Um, no, that's that's uh, right. I mean there
1: there are some success stories during this time, right? Of, of exactly community right, yeah. pipe communities staying together and staying engaged and um, you know continuing to uh, collaborate and uh, you know fellowship and all that kind of stuff and and so that that's what we want to do man we want to talk about uh you know just what what your community is doing your favorite uh you know if it's a if it's a local group if it's a forum if it's your shop if it's uh you know whatever we just want to kind of you know air some of those stories and uh, and talk about all the all the positive things that are going on because there are a lot so Yeah,
0: that's right, man. That's right. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Well, Hey, uh, so this is, this is great, man. Of course we, we are uh, brought to you by the good folks over at patreon.com slash country squire radio, our patrons and club members who have been making this show happen. We've got some new club members as well. Unfortunately, I I don't have them right in front of me so that uh, next week (laughs) we've got next week. yeah, next week we got a great great uh, suite of uh, of new names to butcher here from the folks that are uh, uh, helping to make this this show happen. but man, i'm I'm really stoked and excited for this, Matt, because of course, we've got we've got an episode that um, how do I say this? How do I say this? Um, you know the word controversy gets thrown around a lot these <laughs> days. Uh, you know Boy we, does and, it. And, he, <laughs> <laughs> and and in many respects, you know, I think, you know, I think there is something to be said for the enjoyment of controversy that doesn't matter. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, do, do you hear what oh, I'm yeah, like? There's a, yeah. there's a cathartic experience that is like arguing with a, like like this intense passion for your favorite sports team. Uh, or right. for, you know, for like Marvel versus DC, don't say Gumby, uh, you know, whatever whatever <laughs> your particular, you know, uh, thing is that you can kind of bring that full force passion, but not have it be so like you know important that it's gonna like you know mess up thanksgiving so no, to speak yeah, no, that's,
1: that's right that's right we, so you know it's good to uh you know kick the ant bed occasionally and just kind of yeah. uncover some of these things because you know even though they're not uh you know do or die kind of deals they're not litmus tests necessarily for uh you know who's gonna uh, have the correct answer you know we we all have our opinions and, and a lot of times they're strong um, that's right that's right and, <laughs> and, and passionate that's that's and, what i like you know and, to, to and, say and passionate i, I want to begin this discussion before we even uh before we even announce the topic uh which you know will be in the name of the uh of the episode but yeah i mean but, like that
0: we were always we always do this and yet obviously everyone knows what
1: we're ex- exactly I, I love that it's funny I, I recently admitted that to myself and for the first time <laughs> it was like you're an idiot you know <laughs> man but, but let me ask you what what's your favorite cake
0: oh ooh, ooh, okay all right what a great question um these are not quick diff- fire
1: questions but yeah no, go, i know i know what, but your, like yeah
0: Okay, so it depends on the occasion. I if knew it's I was going birth- to get an answer like this. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, like, I, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll narrow it down to two, which is very difficult. But if, if it's my birthday, it's caramel cake because okay. that was my grandfather's favorite cake. He always had it on his birthday. My dad always had it on his birthday. And now I always have it on my birthday as well. So caramel cake. Uh, however, for most other occasions, I'm a big fan of a red velvet cake. Okay. Like with that, that cream cheese icing, man. Whew. Yeah, <sighs> good stuff.
1: Yeah, intense flavor, lots of complexity there, uh, man. The cream cheese icing, a uh, caramel cake has the uh, you know real nice uh, you know obvious outside uh, flavoring with the uh, you know slightly sweetened interior. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, what well, uh, next, what is your what is your favorite barbecue sauce or or if it's a rub, what's your favorite rub?
0: Oh come on, man! I you know we we make kind of a, a homemade rub here of a lot of different uh, uh, spices that go in for barbecue sauce though. Anything that I can throw some uh, some Tonys or not Tonys some Tabasco in. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I go cheap and then go hot. That's what I do for my barbecue sauce. (laughs)
1: Okay, all right, that's fair. Well, what about what about your favorite whiskey? I know we've talked about this before on the show, but Mm. what's your favorite your favorite brown water?
0: All right, so I will stick with what I normally tell people, which is Buffalo Trace. Uh, However, I am a big fan of Old Soul, Uh, although they have been changing up the recipe a little bit. That's that's the whole thing. But uh, yeah, Buffalo Trace is my kind of safety go to. Uh, bourbon of choice. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. That, all, all those are, all those are good and fair answers. What, what is your favorite English blend?
0: Well, I, I, uh- one of the great English blends from the country squire, of course. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Excellent shepherd's pie, for instance, right? Yes, <laughs> well, yes. Okay. I, I, I,
0: I, I, but of course, Frog, uh, Frog
1: uh, Morton on the town or something of that nature, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like you know, I like I like English blend. No, the Fox the Bakers,
1: uh, if I'm not mistaken, is an English blend. Um,
0: uh, the bankers, which, yeah, the bankers. Yep. If I'm not, I think that's an English blend. Correct <laughs> me if is. I'm wrong on that. Well, okay, I,
1: yeah, and I know you love you love the Frog Morton blends and have smoked. Uh, a lot of our Cornishmen here at the shop, and things of that nature. But um, you know, all these things I just mentioned. You know, what 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 do they have in common? Right. That's kind of where I'm getting at this. And um, and you know, it, it it's remarkable to say, but you think like, okay, well, whiskey, uh, you know, barbecue sauce, cake, English blends, uh, Virginia blends. Um, what do these things have in common? Right. Where where am I going with this? And 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 the common denominator here is that flavor at some point in the process has been altered of these, of these substances or of, of these products by a foreign substance uh, that has been added to the mix. Now, now, now think about that. I mean, even, even with the sense of whiskey, like, like, you know, when you're drinking your favorite whiskey, um, you, you know, you are, you are drinking a, uh, a spirit that has been imparted with the flavor of charred oak barrels like that. That is a that is a thing, right? Like mm-hmm. you're not you're not just drinking whiskey that came from, uh, you know, a honeysuckle somewhere, <laughs> although that sounds pretty good. But, right. um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, at some point, all these things were flavored. Uh, with some type of foreign substance that um, that generally sweetened, uh, even if very, 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 very lightly, uh, you know these um, you know these things that you that you're consuming. And um, you know we've we've talked about it before, but honestly, uh, you know today, uh, it, with you know having said all this, it is time to go to the mat for flavored tobacco. <laughs> Man, flavored tobacco is real tobacco, and um and and we are talking about the defense of flavored tobacco today and, um, and and just kind of discussing that some. So, um, yeah, you know, I thought it would be good to, you know, talk about, um, you know, flavored tobacco in this sense. We do joke around and talk about how, oh, well, you smoke aromatics and I smoke only English blends or only Virginia's or, you know, Virginia Burleys or whatever. And and the, the thing about it is that, you know, uh, the heart and soul really of, of pipe smoking, certainly of the pipe smoking community, is the aromatic tobacco. I mean, it, it is, it is not only, uh, the most popular, but it, in some ways it's the most historic. It's, is so much of the, uh, the pipe community existing today is built on the shoulders of aromatic tobacco. And so, uh, man, we're, we're talking about the, um, man, the, we're, the defense of aromatic tobacco. We want to go to the mat for, uh, for it. And, uh, and, um, man, just, you know, and it's funny, we talk about this, like you mentioned, you know, um, you know, who's your favorite sports team? Oh, we ch- we fight over things like you know what's better chocolate or vanilla kind of thing but but in reality flavored tobacco today aromatic tobacco is actually to some degree literally uh, under attack it, it you know in certain uh, parts of the world certain states even in the United States um, you know they're trying to outlaw flavored tobaccos and and so you think like wow that okay that would take away a lot of the aromatic tobaccos that are that are there but. It it would actually have a larger effect because of all the the lurking flavoring processes that are that are hiding out everywhere, and so um, yeah, it's just uh, man. It, so we so we talk about it tongue in cheek, but we also talk about it as a uh, you know as a real thing, man. Like flavored tobacco, you know, we has a has a very central role in the pipe smoking world. So. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, let, let's, let's do this first. Cause I, I think it, I think it's fair. I mean, if somebody is, you know, if we've got kind of a new pipe smoker, who's listening to this and they're like English aromatics, uh, y- y'all are going to have to break that down for me. Um, we want to do that. But also I think we also need to break down for them. Like, why is this even a thing? Cause you know what I mean? If you're coming in fresh, like, you know, why, why would, why would people, uh, respond? Why, why on earth, uh, would aromatic tobacco need defense
1: from you know the pipe community because it's the same reason that we need defense from people like brian levine for being short and furry (laughs) oh come on come on man (laughs) it is is. that's the thing it's the same exact thing you know it's like we you know as as friends and as uh community members and as pipe smokers we like to rip on each other you know we're, Mm. we're we're guys and gals that you know like to uh pick on each other and get under each other's skin and uh, poke fun and, and that kind of thing. And so, you know, there's always that thing, you know, oh, you're too short or whatever, or, you know, um, ah, you like the wrong team. And it's like, well, aromatics they're they're like, oh, you smoke the stuff that tastes like candy. Like that's, right, you know, right. that that's something that you don't, uh, you know, necessarily, you're not smoking real tobacco because it's been flavored. And, um, and but let's and,
0: talk about that. Cause I think that there yeah. is something to be said, like, you're right. There is a tongue in cheek nature to that. But sometimes I get the sense, man, that that is not always tongue in cheek, that there is a real sense snobbery yes. when it comes to the yes. nation, the notion of like, you know, what you smoke and whether or not it's English or aromatics. You know, I mean like I, I I'm guilty. I'm raising my hand here. I mean like, you know, if, if someone's smoking cherry, even like when they're a new, new pipe smoker, they tell me like, what do you smoke? Oh, I found this great cherry tobacco. I'm always biting my lip. Like, uh-huh. Oh,
1: you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to live your life. Yeah. <laughs> I know it, it, it's true. You know, we all have our, uh, our own, Prejudices and and opinions about things like that and and taste, but um, you know it, it it's it's um it, it's there's a wide variety out there. Aromatic tobaccos cover quite a bit. Uh, well, what is an aromatic tobacco? An aromatic tobacco is a tobacco that has enough topping, that's a top dressing, a flavoring that has been added to the tobacco through the process uh, of, of manufacturing it to have a noticeable change in room note and a distinctive taste. And so, you know, it's that you're taking a tobacco product, but you're, you're 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 modifying it to taste like something else distinctively, okay? Um, and so, you know, and, that, and that's where we think about when we think about uh, aromatic tobaccos, we think of those, uh, you know, caramel blends or those, uh, you know vanilla blends, cherry, chocolate, uh, you know, things, uh, whiskey, things like rum and all these uh, different types of tobaccos that uh, have this nice silky sweetness to them that, you know, make the room smell good. Your your uh, your friends enjoy it and all that kind of stuff. And so we think about, you know, a, a lot of pipe smokers that, you know, consider themselves more of a purist. You know, they, they look at those tobaccos, you know, from the sidelines and they think, well, well that's silly. You're smoking the kid stuff like, uh, you know, that's, um, you know, that's not, real tobacco kind of thing. It's almost like smoke, you know, you you pick on the guy that drinks a, you know, Miller High Life like me, uh, but then, you know, that comes from the standpoint of someone that's enjoying your, uh, you know, imported Trappist, Blah, 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 you know. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. <laughs> so, but, you know, it, it, for, for me, not only are aromatic tobaccos the real thing, they are arguably, again, the heart and soul of the hobby. And, and I really want people to understand them, especially um, since they are, you know, under attack from a... Um, from in some sense a regulatory standpoint, but also uh, you know just, just just to understand your your you know your friends that smoke these pansy tobaccos, if you think that's what uh, what they are, uh, we we generally divide aromatic tobaccos into two different categories. Bo, we've got the confectionery uh, tobaccos, and this has a wide variety of uh, of different flavors in there. Confectionery, you think of things like uh, chocolate, vanilla, honey, caramel, nougat, uh, but the, but also the nutty uh, and liqueur. Flavors, things like hazelnut, whiskey, rum. Uh, you can throw maple in there. These are, you know, more food-based. Uh, you know, uh, uh, savory-ish. Uh, type of type of things that are, uh, you know, silky and, and sweet. And then, so that's the confectionery side of your aromatics. And on the other side, you have the fruit flavors. Those are the ones that are more uh, tart, more, uh, they can be semi-sour, uh, you know, certainly sweet. A lot of times these are, um, you know, relatively syrupy, uh, make the room smell very good. Things like cherry, blackberry, peach, apricot, uh, raspberry, watermelon, there's watermelon pipe tobacco that's out there. I, I haven't mm. tried it, but I know mm. it exists. Those are kind of the two main categories there. And we we know and love, you know, these tobaccos, uh, you know, and, and they're all, you know, there. But, uh, you know, it, it's interesting, a lot of this stuff was developed a very, long time ago uh, you know the primitive flavoring techniques that gave birth to the modern bestsellers uh, even non aromatic tobaccos uh, started so long ago and um, you know it, and and so it's a part of the tobacco history and and it really begins at the at the very beginning as uh, not just the Europeans came over and started to you know develop this in a um, in an economic you know manufacturing kind of way but even even before that you know uh, you know the the folks the indigenous folks here in the United States that were uh, consuming it for personal and ceremonial, reasons. Uh, the flavoring process of these tobaccos started a very long time ago. And why did that take place? Why why did we start flavoring tobacco? If if tobacco were so great, uh, you, you know, everyone just by itself, everyone would smoke it uh, unflavored, right? That's just you know how it would work. Well, yeah, the thing just is, like coffee and whiskey. Of course, just like coffee and whiskey, right? You'd never <laughs> you'd never drink a you know a, a spirit that's been put in a oak barrel or. You'd never drink uh, a coffee, maybe with a little cream, or you know, roasted with a you know chicory or something of that nature. Like, insanity, it's insanity, right? But the, the the fact of the matter is, natural tobacco, bow, it just kind of tastes bad.
0: <laughs> it's bad. It is. I mean, like that's that's the reality. Especially, I mean, like you know, like I love the comparison to coffee because you, you you love coffee now. I mean, you love coffee now.
1: You can't live without it. Yeah. But you think back to like the first time you ever had black coffee. Well, and and back like, in the day, on. back in the day when that was like, you know, now it, it, it's one thing if you know you're our age and you your first cup of coffee was. Uh, you know, from decades uh, ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, from you know a uh, uh, Dunkin' Donuts or something. But I mean, think well, about right, yeah. think about you know primitive. Co- think about what they were drinking during the Civil War, right? I mean, th- this stuff wasn't. It didn't taste good, Bo. Like it, it was there to per- to to have an effect. You were you were drinking it for the uh you know the soothing caffeinating effect of this of this substance. You know what I mean? Um, right. You know th- this is. I mean this this is stuff that they ground up with like roots to cut it. With just to you know make it make it stretch longer kind of deal, um, and, and you know our, our friend Greg Peace he uh, it, one of those guys you want to be at least if you're in my shoes uh, when you grow up. Uh, he's offered a lot of material on this through the years and a lot of wisdom, so I'd, I'd point folks there. But um, you know Greg has offered a lot of uh, understanding here in that the understanding of how tobacco in itself is just not not a particularly good. Uh, you know, it, it, it just doesn't taste very good without a little help uh, right out, particularly those Burleys and, and a lot of Virginia varieties that uh, that just need some uh, need some love on the front end in order to get them a little more palatable. So, um, you know, this started with the the Native Americans as they smoked. Uh, unflavored tobacco to experience the side effects of tobacco. Well, even even then, they, they found uh, flavoring processes that uh, made the tobacco more enjoyable and more uh, consumable to, uh, you know, just your average Joe. Uh, Native Americans learned to blend fresh herbs with the tobaccos uh, to impart specific flavors to make them more palatable. Um, a, a favorite blending ingredient, uh, you know, typically with, uh, um, you know, folks in the in the upper Midwest, they would get the bark of like a willow tree and dogwood trees. Um, they would take sumac leaves, which uh, is kind of interesting to me. And, and uh, you know they would they would cure these along with the tobacco. And you know it was customary at this point. You know we're talking you know thousands of years ago, Bo. Um, you know for the final blends of of you know smoking mixture that they were smoking to have only thirty to forty percent of tobacco. They were smoking a lot of these you know willow bark and stuff to because it tasted good smelled good. It tasted good. It made it more pleasant. Uh, you know, you could you could edit the uh, the blend how you wanted to, just like you do today. Yeah, I, I like this blend, but I wish it had a little more cherry in it. I wish it had a little more latakia, whatever. You know, and um and, and they were doing the same thing. They weren't just taking the one leaf they had and uh, and putting up with it because they wanted a nicotine fix. They wanted it to taste good. You know, just like we do today, and 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 how folks have for a very long time. So you know, fast forward, Bo, a few hundred years, and um. You you know, we were in the era of the British Navy. Uh, they conquered the you know much of the world, and and they took the tobacco with them. You know, we think about all those uh, you know uh, legendary sailors, you know, smoking their pipe. It's an image that's burned in our uh, in our consciousness, and um, you know, and and then we think about it from a you know standpoint of the products that are out there. These Navy tobaccos, right? We're familiar mm. with that word. Uh, you know, Navy tobacco. The 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 seamen at the time they were uh, you know issued tobacco. Um, you know, as a as a ration right along with their food and, uh, you know, cho- portion of, of rum or beer. And, uh, you know, that that was part of their uh, part of their pay. You know, we've got we're going to give you some tobacco to help you get through this difficult journey kind of thing. And and, and boy, they needed it, <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, because of that, they took uh, the tobacco all over the world. But they needed to experiment with ways of preserving it, ways of making it uh, palatable for a very long period of time. I mean, think about, you know, you're – okay, someone gives you – I mean, what would you do, right? Your your ship is leaving New South Wales, <laughs> and you're going to, like, New Zealand or something, and someone hands you a plant, right? Someone hands you a plant. And, and not even a plant. They're, they're – they're handing you like a bunch of leaves, right? It's like, okay, you're you're about to go on this thing. Honestly, your chances of returning alive are not very good. Uh, but you know, here's your here's your plant, uh, and that that's part of your pay. So you know, what what are you going to do with that in order to try to preserve it and keep it so that you can use it throughout your journey because it's such a precious, precious thing. Um, and and Navy tobaccos were born through a lot of experimentation. Um, you know, throughout this process, they you know when they would begin, they would wrap the tobacco in canvas and then cover it in tar, uh, you know, just to encase the tobacco, almost like to make it uh, in a little cocoon. Think of like extremely uh, you know backward saran wrap kind of stuff. <laughs> the, the problem with you know uh, covering your tobacco with uh, canvas and then dousing it with tar is that you know we 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 realize that you know tobacco leaves are very uh, you know they're absorbent. They absorb a lot of flavor and aromas. And so, you know, if you if you put tar very close to your uh, tobacco, even if it's not touching your tobacco, it's gonna it's gonna taste like tobacco. <laughs> it's gonna <laughs> taste like tar. Uh, you know, much like uh, you know the whiskey in a barrel tastes like uh, you know the the charred oak that's surrounding it. Uh, it's just part of that process. So, um, so they learned at kind of an early stage. You know, similar to the. Uh, Native Americans to make this more palatable, they could add some, um, some sugar water or some rum. To this, to give the tobacco some uh, some seasoning to help it last longer. It was not just a part, you know, so that you would enjoy the flavor more, but it was even a preservative. Uh, they learned that if they soaked the tobacco in this flavoring uh, substance, whether it's some kind of syrup or uh, you know just a just a rum a base or something, that that actually the tobacco would last longer. It actually had a positive effect on the leaf itself and allowed these guys to enjoy the tobacco for for much much longer periods of time um they, they would actually soak the tobacco in these uh you know let's say rum and then they twist it or press it uh, we, it's where we get these uh curly cuts and these uh pigtails and these uh these uh, tobacco twists you know and rolls and 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 um, and and flakes and cakes you know that's where all this comes from they'd press it because it helped it store uh, for a longer period of time along with that moisture that they had imparted to it so um and and, and it dried out less quickly as well so for a longer period of time it you know, it tasted better and you could use it for a longer period of time, it would be in good shape. So, um, you know, the flavoring process in that sense, Bo, allowed tobaccos to go worldwide. I mean, tobaccos could, you know, at that point uh, go, go throughout the world because they were able to um, you know, take them and um, you know and 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 cure them. I guess in that way uh, that you know would help them uh, have longevity, but also be more enjoyable. So I mean, so even back to the very the very beginning, you know, the the first uh, individuals certainly in the Western world that were um, Western Hemisphere, you know, that were uh, cultivating this tobacco, uh, using it for very very important purposes. Uh, they were uh, they were flavoring this tobacco, right? They were making it more palatable for uh, for their enjoyment. And so it, it you know the the aromatic tobacco process literally quite literally goes back to the very beginning. You might try to divorce um you know the primitive flavoring techniques that we just mentioned from modern aromatics, but you know if you if you think about it it's actually really hard to do. Uh, you know modern are aren't you would you might ask? Aren't modern syrupy aromatics? Aren't they you know different from this? Um, well, yes and no, right? I mean, you've got uh, you know tobaccos that you know, are, uh, you know, very, very heavily cased, uh, you know, with all kinds of crazy flavors. They make the leaf, uh, very moist and, and can be goopy. It can be hard to smoke and keep lit and all these, all these things. But, you know, folks have been adding flavoring to consumable products for civilization, you know, or since the beginning of civilization. I mean, that's, that's why I kind of started this by asking you about your favorite, uh, your favorite whiskey or your favorite barbecue sauce, or, Mm. uh, you know, your favorite, your favorite, cake, or uh, you you name it. What's your favorite consumable product? And, um, you know, at some point uh, so many of these things have added have had some type of flavoring added to them over uh, you know, over a period of time, and that's an important part of their developmental process um, and how they, you know, evolved into something popular that uh, is very, you know, highly consumed today. And so, um, you know, I, I just think it's interesting to to think about that and honor that uh, just as a concept. You know, there, there are bad aromatics. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think that's the thing, yeah. right? They're they're you know, let's let's give aromatics a seat at the table because they, in some ways, founded the. table. Right. They built the table. But, you know, let's let's have the good aromatics at the table. There there are some bad aromatics, right? Of course, there's bad aromatics. There's bad English blends, too. But sure.
0: Yes. If you're going to have them at the table, then, of course, you want 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 the best. I mean, you wouldn't get the hamster cage stuff.
1: <laughs> right, right. I mean that—that's the thing. You know, some some have been, you know, some aromatics have been so clumsily flavored uh, that you know, a lot of times what we see in aromatic tobaccos, particularly the ones that are just not high quality, they just taste like semi-sweet heat. You know, you hmm. just you, your tongue—the sensation is hot. With a little sweetness, you know, and and so you're just not getting a lot out of that. Now your your friends might get a lot out of it. They make a lot of these make the room, you know, smell so good. Even if it, your only experience is just your tongue feels like it's you know boiling lava. <laughs> you know, it makes the room smell really really good. Uh, that can be a you know a part of the. Experience, you know, but a lot of times, yeah, that—that's all you're really getting is just this lightly sweetened heat flavor, (laughs) and so, um, you know, there's a there's a lot, um, you know, of um, tobaccos out there that are like this. Many have um, the unfortunate uh, misuse of uh, too much propylene glycol. Propylene glycol is a preservative that um, you know can help. Um, any type of food material stay fresh for a longer period of time, longer shelf life. Um, You know, and it it actually has a great value if used in small portions. It's safe and food grade and, you know, something that can certainly be a part of the uh, recipe that we use for these types of things. But, uh, you know, it's often overdone. It's often, uh, you know, something that, um, you know, can be taken uh, too far and and make your tobacco into a sludgy, uh, just, uh, you know, heat heat-centric, uh, you know, amalgam that, you know, generally is, uh, you know, used for, um, you know, just making the room smell good, if, if nothing else. So, um, you know, the hallmark of great blenders and, and and again what I want to be when I grow up right we talked about Greg peace <laughs> um, you know we talked about um, we've mentioned before uh, the uh, you know who won our best artisan blender of 2019 uh, Ken Byron ventures Jeremy who who runs that uh, makes some of the best and most uh, interesting tobaccos in today's world uh, we talk about these guys these are these are guys you know you you aspire to be if you're in the tobacco world and um, you know the hallmark of a great blender is appropriately used flavors uh, to enhance the natural flavor right you, you're kind of you're taking these you're taking these flavors that are added and you're you're adding it to the mix in order to get the tobacco uh, it, it's almost like the sum is better than the parts right <laughs> hmm. and and there's really something there I think that's beautiful huh. you know yeah and, you know tobacco again uh, you know mr. peace has has had a lot of uh, Greg Peace, it, we mentioned his name if you've heard of GL peace tobaccos that's uh, who we're referring to you know, most, most tobacco enthusiasts will, will know, know that name, but, you know, for new listeners, uh, that's, you know, kind of who we're, who we're talking about there. Greg, uh, just a longtime blender, uh, you know, one of those guys, that's just a giant, uh, in our world. And, you know, he's been really helpful over the years explaining how tobaccos are processed and how they're cured. We mentioned that earlier. Um, you know, but the, the natural tobacco product, uh, needs a little, a little help to get it palatable, to get it smokable. And, and so, um, you know, that is, that, that, as part of that and so taking these taking these uh, you know slight flavorings here and there uh, just to to augment to uh, you know, uh, bolster that that natural flavor, the good parts of it, uh, particularly these Burleys and Virginias that uh, just have kind of an acrid natural taste. Uh, you know, I think there's just really a lot of uh, greatness there when a tobacconist can really, uh, you know, can really uh, accomplish that. That that's that's impressive to me. Um, you know, a light, uh, semi-sweet tobacco that has natural, uh, you know, toasty and grassy flavors to it, but with nuance that adds to this. Smokeability into the enjoyment. Um, you know, the uh, the tobacco to me that kind of epitomizes this, I guess, Bo is is the MacBaron mixture uh, Scottish blend. You know, uh, you know, really, I don't even think of this as an aromatic tobacco, but it is a flavored tobacco. It's got uh, plenty of different uh, you know, flavorings, uh, in this particular, uh, tobacco, you get, uh, hints of cocoa and liqueur and, uh, nougat. And I mean, it's just all over the map. It's, it's a very complex tobacco, but, but it smokes like a non-aromatic. It tastes like a non-aromatic. It's got this, um, you know, this delicious, natural, uh, just silage, grassy, odie uh, flavor to it that's just so pleasing and, and really hearty. You're, you're not necessarily thinking of a, uh, you know, cherry blueberry fusion sundae kind of thing, you know?
0: <laughs> right. I mean, it's not stereotypical.
1: Yeah. No, that's right. And so, you know, again, I, when I think of, you know, an aromatic done well, uh, I think of, of tobaccos like that, that, that actually are uh, flavored that you don't even think of as flavored, you know? Uh, flavors are lurking everywhere. We think about uh, the lemon oil that's in, uh, you know, Dunhill Flake or, uh, you know, Orlic Golden Sliced, uh, things like, um, you know, the, the flavored Virginias and Burley that are in some of your favorite English blends that are out there. Uh, things like Royal Yacht, you know, that have this uh, kind of interesting plum uh, topping that's that's on there. I mean, who doesn't like uh, some of that stuff occasionally, you know? And, um, and so it, it's, it's truly lurking everywhere. So if you're one of those people that says, I only smoke natural tobaccos, I don't smoke flavored tobacco, chances are, you're wrong. You actually do. Yeah. <laughs> and you know and so and so just uh you know appreciate that appreciate that 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 has a place it has a purpose it's it's all about uh the amount of of flavoring that's added and how much and how delicate and, um, you know, how, if it's, uh, if it's nuanced and subtle and sophisticated, or if it's, uh, in your face and, uh, you know, bold or, or even clumsy and ham fisted, you know, it's like, which, which side of the spectrum are you on? But, but in all likelihood you, you are a, uh, a flavored tobacco smoker. And, um, you know, so, so let's just admit it and let's be honest, who doesn't like a piece of cake every now and then? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Some barbecue sauce and even some cherries on
0: top occasionally. That's it, That's it. <laughs> man. All right. Well, I think I think you've you've certainly made the case here. Now, let me ask you this though. I mean, one of the things you know, I, I, as as someone who um, has known quite a few like diehard aromatic smokers, as someone who has known quite a few uh, English blend snobs uh I, I can i mean like, like i'm gonna, not I'm all gonna of them are snobs not all of them no are i know but i kind of feel if i'm being honest we don't want to pick I kinda, on our
1: english blend smokers now they're a very important ah, part of this community
0: <laughs> no i know i'm not picking on them i'm not but they they know i mean come on you know it's it's one thing like i feel like it's one thing to like make fun of uh you know like ah you know like there's a there's an insult for someone who is a aromatic smoker that's a little bit more demeaning than saying that you're a snob. You know what I mean? Like yeah, snobbery no, I, I is a compliment yeah. in and of itself to some
1: extent, I understand, right?
0: <laughs> But it's all about how how you, uh, you know, how you treat the, uh, treat the folks that, that, that might not be on your level or might not desire to ever, you know, expand their palate to that, that way. So my question is how do we, now that we have, uh, you know, you have appropriately defended aromatics, like, what is the challenge now for English smokers in this space? because as as you mentioned, it goes beyond just a matter of treating your fellow uh, pipe smoker well, which is an important factor as, as you know as you go along. But with you know the fact that there are kind of some regulatory concerns uh, as it relates to aromatics and that sort of thing. What's, what what is a good English blend smoker to do about this product line and and the the pipe smokers that they <laughs> they may not find themselves there as if that makes sense?
1: You know, you know, Bo. I don't I don't think they have to do anything. I think they have to keep smoking their English blends and enjoying them. But just you know, just kind of know that uh, that and understand that um, you know, flavoring is much more complex than um, it, it, than what people might think. You know, it's not not necessarily this. Uh, uh, in your face, um, you know, very uh, you know, centric process that you know um, is uh, uniform and you know all this kind of stuff. I mean, it, it's it can be very complex and nuanced, and um, and and chances are your favorite English blend that you're smoking has some leaf in it uh, that at some point has been cased ever even ever so slightly, but just enough to add enough sweetness to augment the natural flavor of the tobacco and kind of kind of round off the the rough edges a little bit that's just very very common in uh in blending and so if you're a, if you're a virginia smoker uh just understanding the same thing uh, you know as well and so um yeah you know i i think uh i don't think they have to do anything i think i hope my hope would be that they uh continue to enjoy the tobaccos that they like um and but just you know just kind of know, just know, know a little bit of the history about the the leaf and how these things are, um, you know, are processed after they're grown and cured, and um, you know, and um, and and just uh, just be thankful that you found a a, a tobacco that tastes mostly natural <laughs>
0: that you really like. All right, so that's John David's recommendation. I say it's not enough. I demand penance. <laughs> I demand penance. And you let w- me explain because I, as I've, as I've already mentioned, I am guilty. I find myself wanting in this space. I have been very judgmental. About cherry, you judgmental uh, cherry. Pie- yeah, <laughs> you What know, do you know? Like, hey, you know, it's it's part of my Presbyterian background. Like, a- it's just part. It's, just part of, it's part of yours too, my brother. Like, it, it's is, just part it is. It is. So, so you know, but I, I I am ready for the penance. So here's what I here's what I am saying. For those <laughs> of you like me who have found yourself as someone who has judged others for smoking aromatics. Now, I have not judged people for smoking aromatics, but I have judged people for smoking a type, which is cherry. I say it's on us. Next time we go out to buy some pipe tobacco. Next time you're ordering some pipe tobacco, you got to put something in there that you have judged other people for smoking. For me, it will be the cherriest of all cherry pipe tobaccos, and I am going to. uh, I'll be. I'll be taking a picture of it, and just you know, using and just. I might even put penance as part of it. But one way or the other, <laughs> this this is what this is the challenge I'm putting out there, and this is this is the way that I'm going to tamper it, though, right? Because on the one hand, you gotta you gotta pay that penance, you gotta you gotta do that pipe tobacco that you wouldn't normally do, but okay, okay, in, in order to both make sure that you are getting the fullness of your penance by getting every single flavor, but also being able to get an enjoyable smoking experience. Wow, I am gonna say you gotta do it with one of the great pipes from our good friends at Missouri Mirror Wow, that was <laughs>
1: that was a thing of beauty and grace. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And you you even got so excited about it that instead of saying tempering, you said tampering. Which That's what very, I said. Which is, which is very, very appropriate for a pipe show. Exactly. <laughs> that was the thing of beauty, Beau. I, I hate I hate to even interrupt it to acknowledge it, but I had to. No, uh, man, no, no, we, it, we are it, so we are so grateful for our friends at Missouri Mirsham. They weekly make this show possible so that we can get together and uh, talk about our passion for pipes. And uh, this week, I want to talk about something a little different that they produce something that they can get, that you can get from them that, uh, is a little, little different from the normal corncob pipe that we discuss. And that is their leather tobacco pouch. Missouri mm-hmm. Mearsham makes some beautiful leather tobacco pouches. Uh, these are pouches that, uh, hold the pipe, uh, accessories and your tobacco. And, uh, you know, so it, it's one of those things, right? Maybe you're a, a, a English blend smoker and you want to put your favorite, uh, you know, English blend in there, or, uh, maybe you like, a. um, you know, a, a flake tobacco and like to uh, keep it torn up, uh, you know, ahead of time and, and, and tote it along with you in a, a fashionable case along with your pipe and that kind of thing. Maybe you like a, a sweet aromatic, as we discussed, something that uh, is, is a cherry blend that uh, Bo may, uh, you know, talk about vomiting after smoking or <laughs> or something a little more uh, uh, nuanced, you know, or, or maybe maybe something like White Rose that uh, he's more, uh, more prone to smoke. And but That um, right there,
0: that's a beautiful aromatic. That is, that is- <laughs> <laughs> An aromatic from heaven itself that, but, that's a gl- glorious
1: man one right there. these pouches are really attractive they're beautiful leather pouches they come in oak brown burnt espresso and chocolate brown and they really are handsome um, check them out you can get them at corncobpipe.com uh, they've got a nice selection they retail anywhere from twenty five ninety nine to thirty two ninety nine, and you can get them at the source at Missouri Mearsham's website so check them out there you go <laughs> that really was one of my best ones. that <laughs> was it was beautiful it, it was, I'm, I'm proud of you. <laughs>
0: that's classic <right laughs> I'm glad there. I'm
1: glad I was there <laughs>
0: Pipe question of the week pipe question of the week this week coming in from Jack Now, I'm not sure if this is Jack and the Beanstalk or Jack, uh, the nimble and the quick Jack, but this is coming in from Jack. The Ripper. Uh, (laughs) Ooh, you know what? You went in a totally different direction and now I'm terrified. Kind of dark. (laughs) (laughs) Here's what Jack had to say. Uh, Hey guys, love the podcast. In short, it's emblematic of everything that I love about pipe smoking, a temporary pleasant distraction best shared with a friend that you appreciate most just after it's done. My father-in-law recently went to meet our Lord. He was, great, he was a great mentor and friend and was one to introduce me to smoking. We'd enjoyed a bowl of the same pipe tobacco whenever he counseled or taught me, but near his passing, his supply ran dry. The blend was continental from the now-defunct original tinderbox, a strongly vanilla aromatic, I can't really tell what kind of tobacco it is, uh, brown with a little black, but I'm happy to send pictures since I'm in Los Angeles. I can't take it, uh, to a brick and mortar. And again, that is from listener Jack. Well, Jack, man, sorry. So sorry for uh, the loss of your father. It sounds like you've got so many great, uh, memories and, and man, what a, uh, man, just what a beautiful story that speaks to the core of why exactly we want to do this show. Um,
1: yeah it it's really really precious that you would share that with us and um you know and and two that you know as a as a father in law you were actually close to him and had a good relationship with him. and boy that's uh that's pretty rare <laughs> and really really wonderful man so um, that's that's something to celebrate. But man, glad you found our podcast. Glad you're enjoying it. Um, yeah, you know the original Tinderbox there, and all Tinderboxes. They had those Tinderbox blends that uh, you know would kind of seep out to different stores. But then also they would experiment in their own uh, you know ecosystem and find out what their own customers liked. And it truly was a freestanding tobacconist in itself. And so there are a few Tinderboxes left, I think, but uh, but not not as many as uh, certainly there used to be. I've got some great tinderbox stories, and I've got some horrible tinderbox stories. Yeah, is, to think, be honest, I yeah. think that's probably about about par for the course. Par but, for the course. That's true, <laughs> um, <laughs> man. Yeah, brown with a little black, uh, you know, tobacco that you mentioned. It says, uh, you know, it kind of had a vanilla, uh, strong vanilla aromatic. You know, there's a there's a good chance uh, if it did have that black uh, material in there and it was sweet, that that was some type of flavored black cavendish. It could have been uh, anything from lane bca to um, you know McClellan VBC. I mean, there's no telling what what it was. Um, it, the brown could have been. It uh, m- was most likely a, a sweetened burley. It could have been a, a, a Virginia. It could have been both. Uh, and so there's just a, just a variety of things that that could be. But um, anyway, if you uh, are able to you know find a uh, you know a substitute for it someday, I, I hope hope you can because uh, it sounds like that would be you know something you could really celebrate uh, in honor of your father-in-law. So thanks for writing, man.
0: Have you Have you made, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think. like are, are there any Squire blends that have kind of that vanilla? casing or flavor profile?
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cherokee is our original blend. A Cherokee, it, it is an aromatic, but it's semi-sweet. It's not uh, you know, it, he's looking for a strong vanilla aromatic. It has vanilla essence to it, uh, but it also just tastes like a nice, uh, earthy tobacco. And so that's that's probably why it's our best seller. Um, but we also have one called Black and Tan, which is a uh, sweetened Cavendish with a sweetened bur- Burley and there's a vanilla topping there um, that helps it out. And so um, you know, all that uh, works together really good. That's a that's a nice uh, vanilla aromatic, a, a very nuanced uh, vanilla that we do is one called Second Breakfast that we've talked about before on the show. Mm. Uh, Second Breakfast, one of our Tolkien-inspired blends, and uh, that's a vanilla maple. It has uh, uh, kind of a a, a, a true breakfasty uh, kind of flavor to it. It's uh, you know complex and uh, just a light aromatic that has um, you know a, enough sweetness to keep you interested. So.
0: Well, yeah, that's uh man. Sorry. I just, I got a little distracted thinking about second breakfast. <laughs> so, <laughs> that is a delicious pipe tobacco. Speaking of a, a beautiful aromatic tobacco right there. Um, yeah, no, you know, it, it's interesting, you know, best of luck on your quest to find this pipe tobacco, hopefully yeah. by kind of amplifying it. Some uh, different folks may, may mention it. The other thing too, is, you know, if it, it may be that you find a, a new, pipe tobacco that kind of speaks to that, that same flavor profile, you know, so much of memory is tied to flavor and smell and taste. Um, There's a lot of things like, (laughs) I I can't remember exactly what it was, but um, I think I was like cutting something, some sort of vegetable in the kitchen the other day. And I kept on thinking about my grandfather and I had to, I had to call or i had texted all my siblings. Like, why do I think of Fafa whenever I'm cutting this particular vegetable? (laughs) (laughs) And they weren't sure, but I know it had something to do with the way that he cooked. Like it it had to have, you know what I mean? Like there's just something about that. So, you know, in, in your quest, I would also just encourage you to try a couple of different vanilla tobaccos and see which ones kind of capture that memory for you. Um, for that particular smell, that particular taste. Uh, and yeah, that's, um, man what a, what a great story thanks so much for writing in jack um by the way if you are of the beanstalk or nimble or quick or the ripper let us know <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right if you got a pipe question of the week be sure to send it in the show uh show at countrysquierradio.com quick, quick fire with the squire. squire all right quick fire question oh All right, man. Quick fire questions. We're in need of some new quick fire questions. Uh, I just want to put that out there uh, as uh, you know, we we typically have this like massive well, you were talking at the top of the show how like right now, uh, at the shop, it's either feast or famine. Uh, that is that is the case for quick fire questions mostly. We either get like a ton of quickfire questions <laughs> or we have none quick fire questions. So this is a great time to send them those in. But I tell you what, since this is an aromatic centric show, I think it'd be great to have an aromatic quickfire question. So I'm gonna throw some different flavors towards you, okay, All right, all right. and the the question is, what would you choose? To be like 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 an aromatic tobacco of this particular flavor or this particular flavor. Some will be legitimate. Okay. Some might be ridiculous. Okay. Right. Imagine, Imagine that. What?
1: Country Squire Radio ridiculous? <laughs> no, go
0: never. go go ahead, Bu. All right, all right. Let's let's start with the softball here. Uh brandy or whiskey?
1: Brandy. I, I I like whiskey. I like whiskey flavored tobaccos occasionally, but uh, brandy presents more of a challenge. I think there's a there's an interesting uh, sweetness, but also a kind of a burnt char chariness there. There's a there's a wine element. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll go with brandy. Okay. All right. Brandy's good. I would do the exact
0: same. Uh, I do like that sweetness uh, as it kind of uh, partakes. You know, to the pipe tobacco for sure. Um, all right. Now we're going to go a little citrusy here. All
1: right. Okay. <laughs> Lime or lemon? I think lemon. I, I think lemon lends itself well to uh, pipe tobaccos, particularly Virginia blends. You know, we think of uh, citrusy. Um, uh, you know, uh, tobaccos that have a uh, just a really nice. Um, I, I don't know that we always use the word grassy. Like, what does that mean? There's a a. a a fresh, uh, green, uh, pasture element there that I think marries really well with, uh, with a lemon topping. So, uh, so I'll go with lemon. Okay. All
0: right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, I, you know, I, I will go with lemon for the sole purpose that I don't like lime. I've, I, that, uh, <laughs> I, I like, I like Panama. Jack. I mean, I like lime, the flavor in, in a lot of things, but not with pie tobacco. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I am a fan of Panama. Jack It's just a brand. I think it's kind of a cool company. But their key lime pie, uh, pipe tobacco is some of the worst stuff I've ever smoked. <laughs> I mean, I'm just just being honest. On that uh, all right, so all right, there you go. Now let's 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 push the ridiculous factor here. All right, okay. are you ready? Yep. Okay. Portobello mushroom
1: <laughs> or pickle. Wow. Well, okay. Let let me just say, I I I think. I think Parique is the mushroom of the pipe world. Okay, like it, like okay, it, okay. it has uh. a mushroomy element to it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, uh, let me just go ahead and throw that out there and say, uh, you know, and if you're a longtime listener of the show, you'll know I love Parique. I think Parique just hung the moon. It's fun to work with. It's, <laughs> it's, it's nasty. It's got a lot of nicotine. It just makes a great, great tobacco really complex and interesting and strong. Um, so I, I love Parique. I'll vote for that. Uh, uh, I love pickles but I have no interest in a pickle flavored tobacco, <laughs> none whatsoever. I will leave that to some, uh, you know, angry, um, you know, uh, angry, you know, at the world, uh, tobacconist out there that is plotting his revenge on everybody else. So, <laughs> okay. That's, that's pretty
0: good. Um, yes. No, I, mean, I think, I think mushroom, I think, uh, as you say, there's an earthy, earthy nature to it, but I didn't know. Cause I mean, you know, you got the, um, uh, you know, that, uh, Oh shoot. What, what's, what's that substance um, the clear stuff that smells that's in salt and vinegar. Vinegar. That's it. <laughs> you got that vinegar nature to it. I mean, yep. you also have that pickly nature to it, but you got that vinegar nature to it. So I, I, I didn't right. know how you go with that. All right. Yeah. But no, I, I would go with the uh, portobello mushroom as well. All right. And then finally, uh, this is going to be on the sweeter side of things. Okay. All right. Uh, this is going to be caramel. And so this is obviously less ridiculous from that standpoint. Uh, caramel or mint.
1: Yeah, I, so caramel's fun to work with. Mint is fun to work with. I work with both uh, on a regular basis. Mint is very polarizing and, and is very, it, it can be good, but good in very light doses. And so, uh, you know, if I had to pick over, a, over an average, uh, you know, uh, how I'm feeling today, what I feel like smoking, uh, and, and what I feel like blending with and working with, I'm going to pick caramel you know, generally eight times out of ten.
0: All right. Well, there you go. I would also choose in this situation for pipe tobacco, probably also uh, caramel. That being said, there was a, what was it? It was like, I can't remember if it was a cocktail or a coffee. It may have been like a spiked coffee <laughs> that I had once when I was in uh, Cancun. And it was called like, like smoker's companion or smoker's delight or something of that nature. And it was a, it was a mint, like mint cocoa cappuccino or not a cappuccino, but espresso. <laughs> with like a shot of something. And it was great. They served it right next to this, uh, this cigar bar and uh, I really enjoyed it. And so I love mint as a compliment to something that I'm smoking, but I don't know that I would enjoy it as kind of a flavor of a pipe yeah, tobacco.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it can be very intense. We, we have a tobacco that I won't name because we uh, try to keep it uh, the ingredients of uh, all our tobaccos secret, but one of one of our blends has a tiny, tiny, tiny dash of mint uh, included in it, and the amount of mint that I have to put in that particular blend uh, when we make that is so incredibly small uh, that it that it you know a little bit goes a a very long way, and so every time I think about it, I uh, I kind of laugh at that. Yeah, oh, there you go.
0: All right. Well, that's quick fire questions for this week. And hey, like I said, we we are in need. So uh, y'all be sure to send in those quick fire (laughs) questions. Uh, You can email them to the show at show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Again, that is show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Your Your thoughts, your comments.
1: Listener feedback. Listener feedback. Mm hmm All right, man. Listen to feedback. You want to take this first one? Yeah, sure. Let's see. This comes from Jason Wamsley. He says, uh, in reference to the craft old-fashioned, there is a brewery Mm. near me that will infuse their oatmeal porter uh, with smoke by filling the glass with the beer and then allowing it to sit in a glass box while some tinder burns and fills the box with smoke. Uh, the result is deliciousness. Uh, there is definitely a difference in the smoked and non-smoked oatmeal porter. And that's from Jason. So yeah, cool, man. That you know They're doing the same kind of thing. He's uh, mentioning that uh, old-fashioned the other day we uh, mentioned on the last show or, or maybe the show before that where a, uh, a dear friend of mine was making uh, some cocktails and had added this presbyterian mixture kind of uh, charred it and then and then turned the glass upside down to kind of infuse it with that smoke and it was really uh, really tasty so um yeah cool it's good to good to hear other folks are doing some similar stuff with uh with other cocktails <laughs> yeah all right so i've got to
0: try this because like that this is this has been bothering me after after getting this email i thought about it and i realized that i i had actually heard about this before because a a good friend of mine got like some sort of device for this exact purpose. Yeah. Recently. And I mean, this is a good friend who lives like in Nowheresville, Arkansas. We just lost all our Arkansas listeners. He lives in Nowheresville, <laughs> Arkansas. And I'm like, how, this is like the most hipster thing ever. How, how do you know about this? And I yeah. don't know about this. You know what I mean? And so, uh, I, I I'm, I'm going to have to like research this. Cause I feel like it's something that, that you want to, you know, you don't want to just like, Alcohol and fire is not something you necessarily want to just
1: experiment with. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds awesome to me. No, it <laughs> does. Know. But I, I, I mean, I don't want to blow up the house. No, the uh, but Bo, actually, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, quote, unquote, Nowheresville, Arkansas. There's a uh, right here in, in our hometown of, of Jackson, one of our suburbs, it's kind of out a little bit in Rankin County is called Brandon. And Brandon is not the type of place you would think of as our uh, kind of cosmopolitan <laughs> center uh, in Jackson. Right. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a, a bedroom community. It's kind of out in the country, quiet little town, um, you know, and, and nice people that live out there. Uh, you know, I've got some friends that live out that way. But in the little downtown area of this downtown, they have a really awesome bar that someone opened up. It's the only bar in the city, as far as I'm aware. Uh, but they make some really cool craft cocktails that um, that are, you know, along these lines and they're experimenting with all this crazy, uh, you know, these contraptions that, you infuse it with uh you know uh, the smoke and and all kinds of other stuff so anyway it's uh it's kind of neat you know it's uh i think i think it's a lot more common than maybe um you and i who don't get out very much uh, realize
0: see that's what it, we're really the nowheres about people i think like, you're that's right that's what it comes down to I think You're right. <laughs> no that's right sometime remind me and i'll have to tell you about the uh the time i was run out of brandon okay uh, <laughs>
1: Why does that not seem very far-fetched to me? <laughs> no, no,
0: uh, mean I yeah. Anyway, okay. Uh, okay. So let me get this uh, next one right here. Thanks so much for that, Jason. We appreciate it. And uh, if if I do experiment, I'll, I'll let you know. Uh, all right. Next one is coming in from M. Thompson. This is what M has to say. Tonight, I sat down to listen to this week's show. I reached into my pipe tobacco bag all the way to the bottom and pulled out the 50th anniversary ten. I looked at it and was like, you know what? I'm gonna pack a bowl. What what's interesting is I had not seen that the show's name was, in fact, 50th anniversary and was really surprised it was uh, it was meant to be. What a beautiful blend. Thank you so much for this blend. Uh, And again, that is from M. Thompson. Well, man, that's uh, how fortuitous. Yeah, (laughs) I know.
1: Right. That's great. I'm glad to glad it worked out. Yeah, we've gotten some other feedback folks that enjoyed our kind of expose on our 50th anniversary tobacco. And um, I'm glad uh, I'm glad it's been a treat for people.
0: Absolutely, man, and I, you know, I always love that. I mean, that's something that we do with, uh, you know, obviously the tobacco talks or any kind of uh, centric product or you know, be it a blend or a pipe, what have you. Whenever there's a focus, I always like the idea that maybe somebody has is enjoying that very thing at the time. Because on the one hand, it's just you know, one imagines it's a it's it's a nice you know combination where you're hearing us talk about the very thing that you're enjoying. On the other hand, there's there's a uh, there's an accountability factor because if if they hear you talking about the blend and they're smoking, be like, "Well, I don't get any of that when I'm smoking this way." <laughs> exactly. There's a, there's the angry emails can come in, which has never happened. But that, I, like I said, I, I think the accountability system. You is
1: tasted what in yeah. what tobacco? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, man.
0: Well, hey, we uh, we really appreciate everybody uh, tuning in and uh, and enjoying the, this particular week's episode for you know the the controversy that is uh, the defense of aromatics. I, I have a feeling we will get some emails and some thoughts on this from both the people who, uh, you know, are, are more in the English camp and maybe more in the aromatic camp Cause we know that both very heavily listen to the show and both are very strong about their opinions. So that's, uh, I say, I say, bring
1: it on! I look forward to that uh, that commentary. <laughs> pipe smokers wrestling match. We we need to do that the next Chicago pipe show. <laughs> Man, terrifying! Uh, of course, you can do that
0: by uh, writing into the show. You can reach us at show, or rather, show at countrysquireradio You can also
1: follow us throughout the week. I'm at the real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore countrysquire.
0: All that on Twitter, but of course, all the uh, more links to other social stuff and whatnot over at countrysquireradio dot Man. Okay. So this was great. I love this. Uh, you know, we, we, mentioned at the top of the show, uh, we, we, uh, we recorded, uh, we recording in the morning as opposed to the afternoon. And you know, I'm, I'm being that I'm more in my morning sense. I've, I've, I've been enjoying this, man. My, my energy level has been high. And I, I just, I want to say as someone who takes note, of uh, of how you you react to my transitions my 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 my, my sponsorship transitions <laughs> i just want i just want to point out how excited you were for this particular sponsorship transition and that it happened uh, before noon so yeah, <laughs> <out there. laughs>
1: try to twist
0: the arm why don't you <laughs> no it's cool man we've uh we'll, we'll be getting back to our regular recording schedule and uh man I, you know I, I failed to mention this at the top of the show but um you know latest projections in houston are that the second surge is as uh you know uh, what do they call it plateaued and is starting to kind of downturn so oh that's good i'm taking that as an uh, a cue that i can stop my my liquor fasting and start drinking again. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> i'm also
1: very much looking forward to that <laughs> whatever helps you sleep at night dude <laughs> uh, whiskey all right man hey let's, let's go have a day see you brother